0: what's up people i am back with another episode of being comfortably reborn african and i had to do this bonus episode like i'm on a, i'm on a pattern here but of course the surviving r kelly um those episodes came out and you know i know i've shared my personal stories if you look up on the earlier posts i share my journey of sexual abuse sexual assault um but with this being on the forefront i just want to educate the people because as we have seen from Bill Cosby, Harvey Weinstein all these stories of um, these individuals who have been going around victimized women for years and because they have a certain level of notoriety you kind of see how basically they've been protected for some time Um, but my thing that I'm noticing is like someone said like what's done in the dark will eventually come to light even if you're in your 50s, 60s at some point you know, I believe that if God doesn't see change, if you change in you, if you don't figure it out, if you don't get it together, at some point, you will have to pay for your actions. I mean, we just all do regardless of what. Um, so that's a hot topic right now. And I just want to bring us back to the reality of the real boys and girls that are currently being affected. The real men and women who have been affected. And although right now R. is on the forefront, remember we have people who are being assaulted by family members and acquaintances within our communities, our next door neighbors, the people we go to church with, the people we go to the grocery store with, they're being affected on a regular basis. And I think we need to bring it back to the level of the reality of that. And although a lot of people may not understand why they doing it this way? Why they are not doing it that way? I think ultimately we need to bring it back to the reality of this is happening every 11 minutes, literally. So stay tuned. It's time to educate the, you know, everyone. Raise awareness on the topic. Let people know. Just, just some facts. So I want you guys to think. And, you know, again, after watching the documentary, I wanted to make sure I watched it. To kind of get the perspective of what everyone was talking about it's just sad of how many layers of failures that happened that could have prevented this years ago. So before we get into some statistics, I want to kind of give people a background of the story. Um, If some people don't know who R. Kelly is, I mean, songs like I Believe I Can Fly, like that's probably what he's best known for. And of course, Step in the Name of Love. I mean, he has made a lot of I don't know, he's made a lot of great songs, um, in the history of R and B and just just growing up with that, um in that era, he was a huge artist within that time. And you know, you hear stories and the one specific story you heard that he was with this young girl named Aliyah. She was really underage and they married and all these other things that happened between that relationship was like the header and then I remember being I don't know if that was in middle school, elementary school, probably middle school where you hear that, you know, he, there was a tape that was put out with him engaging in inappropriate sexual activities with the minor and him going to court and all that. Um, but what's happening now is, you know, women have come together to share their stories. There's this, whole series that's put out on him. And, and this stuff has been kind of funneling over time. I mean, you've seen documentaries or different pieces come up here and there within probably the past couple years, but this one is probably like the nail, like the, I don't know, if I can't even say this is gonna like be the nail in the coffin, like the final one. Um, I, I mean, who knows? I mean, he thinks, I don't know. I, I, I don't wanna say this is it because I don't know, I've just seen when it comes to sex abuse, when it comes to sexual assault, when it comes to things like this, like people get away and then depending on how much money you have and all these things just end up, I don't know. It just, I don't wanna i don't want to say that. I need to see it to believe it at this point. That's why I can't even really comment on this is gonna be it and people are like, oh, this is it. I don't know if this is gonna be it because it's happened so much and who knows. Um, and even now people still support him And still have all these questions, like, why are people waiting until now? And I do have that question. I do wonder why, like, are there charges going to be filed? I mean, if you have these amount of women that are, um, and and of course, I'm not saying this to, like, speak against the women, but I feel like if all these women are coming together, like, I hope there's going to be charges, but I believe every single one of them, period, point blank. I I believe every single one of them. Um, I'm just wondering in my head, like, oh, well, you know, we have all these women coming together. Like, let's file charges. Like, let's get this moving and, you know. You know, and start working towards that um, because from what they're saying, there are still girls that, you know, he has brought into this whole, you know, cultic type of situation he has, where he secludes them, gets them away from their parents, and they're pretty much like his slaves or whatever. Um, but yeah, so R. Kelly is this R and B artist. He's just known for all these great songs, but you know, there's been this history of him entertaining young girls and like I said right now it's just spiraling into a place where you have literally faces and people sharing their stories and even um the aunt to the girl that this tape had came out of that you know introduced them she you know she's even sharing her side like she wish she never introduced them and things like that so it was really for me again being a survivor it was really really t- it was touching it was moving you know and um a lot of people have those questions as to why people wait and I empathize I understand it I understand having the feeling of you're not going to tell anyone I understand the feeling of not wanting to share or to keeping it to yourself like I I know the feeling so when people say I won't even say it's ignorant or stupid because it's like I just really think like people won't understand unless they were in their sho- in that in their shoes people wouldn't understand unless it was their daughter or someone they knew I just don't I don't know People, hey, listen, everyone can have their own opinion, but um, I definitely can understand why a survivor waits to say something or decides to not say something or waste, waits until 10 people finally come out for them to finally speak out. Like, I, people do that at work. Like, I've been in a situation where we've had a bad supervisor and everyone's complaining about them, and I've been like, I right, boom, we're going to go speak to the head management about it. We're going to get this done. And people start being scared, or it only it has to take ten people to finally say, "Okay, we're going to go speak up to about this issue." For them to finally say, "Okay, I have a buy in," and it might have been years and years of that person not treating them right. So I see this in just regular, in the regular working force and just the regular world period where people don't say anything when they see like wrongs or they know they've been wrong. They wait years and time. So I don't want to. I don't even think we should just put it um connected with assault or somebody that's taking advantage of women, but, um, that's really the background. And I know it probably sounded all over the place. I really think that you all should check out Survivor and R. Kelly, like watch it, get the history of it. I know there are going to be some other parts coming out, um, you know, to hear the background because, you know, for a lot of, you know, younger millennials, a lot of younger kids, they might not understand the level of what's going on. But of course, the reason why this is important to me to talk about is because, This is happening to young girls and this is happening to young boys too because this started off and they they talk about him being sexually abused as a child. His brother talked about it. And this is also a thing where when things are not addressed or taken care of at a young age, it could possibly spiral out of control because there, there are stories where a lot of people who... Um, end up victimizing other people who are victimized themselves. You know, they say hurt people hurt people. There are stories of that, that a lot of, you know, men and women that go around sexually assaulting other kids or other people, they have been victims as well. So it's kind of like just imagine if um, people sought treatment or got treatment sooner than later. What if somebody would have spoken up when he was dating Aaliyah than waiting until now like all those little things like what ifs and my goal is to raise awareness so we can prevent this because this is happening to our young girls and our young boys all over the world like literally rain.org has a statistics page and I love rain because um, I was a part of their speakers bureau they're one of the you know top, top organizations out there that's spreading awareness and supporting victims of sexual assault sexual abuse um and they literally have that every 11 minutes, Child Protective Services substantiates or finds evidence for a claim of child sex, sexual abuse. And they even literally put on there in FY16. In fiscal year 2016, they, CPS, Child Protective Services, substantiated or found strong evidence to indicate that 57,000, y'all, 57,329 children were victims of sexual abuse, 57,329, that is ridiculous, like I was like whoa and even now the number that they've come up with, like the regular number, the standard now is 63,000 y'all, so we have 63,000 babies, children that are being sexually abused on a regular basis. And then out of that number, there are going to be kids that it'll spiral into them abusing other children or other people. And that's why it's so important to raise awareness about mental health and addressing stuff because too many communities are keeping this stuff a secret because the norm is that this is happening right up under the noses of fathers and mothers. The The, the fact is it's people who are actually parents themselves that are committing these crimes. It's I don't want to get passionate. Let me calm down. But it's, it's really serious. And although R. Kelly is the face that is being shown now, again, these are our neighbors. These are people we see on a regular basis that are being affected by this. So I want to talk about those statistics next and take it back in a space like let's get, I mean, R. Kelly, what he's doing is sick and disgusting. And I hope that something is done about it. But I also want to raise awareness for those little girls and those little boys who are currently, I mean, every 11 minutes, someone's right now being sexually abused. I want to talk about them. I want to talk about let's do what's necessary to hopefully stop this from happening to that little girl, that little boy that hasn't been victimized or has been where we can help them and support them so it doesn't spiral into them becoming victimizers or it spirals into them having years and years of damage within them that they have this trauma within them that lives on and it comes out in different ways so we're going to talk about some statistics next clearly i'm really passionate about this but you know i i understand that r kelly is a face and people have so many questions but it's just about raising awareness because our babies man our kids, our, our loved ones, there are people out there that are like, that are getting abused right now. And it pains me to think about that, that number every 11 minutes kills me. So I just want to share some statistics and then we'll take it off from there. Okay. i have taken a minute to calm down. Um, so let's get into some, um, some stats, um, and kind of dive deeper, um, into this topic of sexual abuse and sexual assault. Um, so all, these, if all this information is coming from rain.org. Um, I love that organization. It's one that I uh, became a part of a few years back. I'm a part of the Speakers Bureau and basically they raise awareness and they go and they speak on topics related to sexual assault, um, sexual abuse, things of that realm. And I just love the organization. It supports men and women if you want somebody to talk to, if you need resources, all those things. So if you do want someone to talk to, if you do have an issue, you can live chat. Um, You can get support 24-7. You can either call 800-656-HOPE, 4673, or you can live chat and someone is always available to support you. Um, So all this information is from them. I love, love, love that organization. So let's get into it. Um, So the first one is like every 11 minutes, like I said before, Child Protective Services substantiates or finds evidence or a claim for a claim of child sexual abuse. And this number is even more alarming because in FY16 fiscal year 2016, it says CPS, aka Child Protective Services, substantiated or found strong evidence to indicate that 57,000 Three hundred and twenty nine children were victims of sexual abuse. Let me give you that number again fifty seven thousand three hundred and twenty nine like that is bananas that is our babies from all over the United States that this is affecting and as we heard in the R Kelly story, it's like his he his his brother as well as um he both share that they were victims of sexual abuse. And in R. Kelly's, um, in his situation, it spiraled, and now he's abusing other children, young girls, like what he experienced might have a big play into why he's doing this to other people. Um, because they had a psychologist and they had psychiatrists there that talk about when you have like your power taken away and you, you're used in that manner. A lot of people want to exert and have control and have power. And in his case, it spiraled out of control. And this does happen. If you read more research, it says that a lot of people who are sexually abused they will abuse as well. And it will spiral into a situation where they're abusing and then it's like a continuous cycle. And if you hear stories from a lot of people that are perpetrators, you might hear that it happened to them as well. And you have to think like, okay, if this was addressed early, if he got therapy early, if his brother got therapy early, if all these people got therapy early, this 57,000 number might be a lot lower. But if you think about kids like me, I mean, the early 80s, the, the 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 90s, like mental health wasn't popping like it is now. It wasn't as popular. That's not wasn't a topic that was trending. People didn't have access to information. And now we are in the information age where we have access to all these tools. And you can literally call a therapist, text them, chat with them. They didn't have that. So now that mental health is something that people are talking about, I really am happy about that because I want to see this number decrease because overall now the 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 number that's kind of like the standard is sixty three thousand children. there are sixty three thousand you know children out there that c p s are substantiating or finding strong evidence for, and that's that's just one too many sixty three thousand y'all like that's shocking. And these are our neighbors. These are these are people we see at the grocery store. These are people we see at church. These are people that, you know, you live next door to that are going around abusing these children. This is happening everywhere. There's no perfect there's no perfect place that this is happening. I've sat in rooms with other women just like me and other men just like, you know, just like my situation who share that it was their uncles, it was their fathers, it was, you know, someone that was a close friend. And you will see in these statistics when I get into the part about um what the perpetrator looks like or what you know where where it had what's the commonality of what the perpetrator you know the the connection with that child is you'll see it's the faces of the people that you know and not the creep in the corner and that's what i want you a lot of people to realize that our kelly made beautiful music like the stuff he makes is what he just wrote hit after hit after hit but he too with all the money in the world with all the fame with all the access, with all the women that probably will die, and I mean um and you hear the stories of the moms that's pretty much like a, clearly like kinda allowing these and fathers allowing this to happen because they have this this fame, they want their child to be so famous that they sacrifice him in the hands of a of a predator. But this is happening. Even though someone might have access to any woman he can have. Even women who can have access to A man, a man. Period. This is happening to people, regardless of the money, the fame, or the status that they are. And it's the people right next door, the people that you know, the people that you think will never do it. They're the ones that are doing it, and that's the part that people need to realize. Although R. Kelly might be the face, and and this is the trending topic for today, and I'm sure this will die down. This is happening to our children all over, and that's the part that I want you guys to take in that is if this is happening all the time, so even when this dissipates, this is happening every eleven minutes to a child, every eleven minutes in a 24 hour period. that's that's crazy. So let's move on. I don't want to go into my rant. Um, so to go even deeper, um, one in nine girls. And one in 53 boys under the age of 18 experience sexual abuse or assault at the hands of an adult. 82% of all victims under 18 are female and 15 ages 16 to 19 are four times, four times more likely than the general population to be victims of rape, attempted rape, or sexual assault. That is alarming. And if you want to talk about the victim's mental health, it says that um, they're four times more likely to develop symptoms of drug abuse. And I remember watching the show, if anyone knows Intervention, I mean, that was a really popular show about it. I mean, they also talked about eating disorders, but it was known for people who were addicted to drugs and how they had these interventions. And I love the show. I don't even know if it still comes on because I'm team Wi-Fi and Netflix and Amazon Prime. I don't do cable anymore. Um, But one thing about that show, you started hearing a pattern in the stories and maybe I caught onto it because I am a survivor of sexual abuse and sexual assault. And uh, you started noticing a lot of the people in the men shared stories of they were abuse, they were a- a victims of sexual abuse, they were sexually assaulted. You saw it over and over again, and again, they're four times more likely to develop symptoms because they didn't get the help that they were they needed early on, and now they're finding a way to like numb the pain. I mean, because for men they're like if it happened with them with other men they're dealing with the idea of okay am I you know do I like men some people some of them are dealing with that emotion some of them are dealing with the emotion of if it happened to them with a girl and now they're over sexualized and when boys are like I was listening to Charlamagne the God and he was just like listen I was sexually abused as a kid but it became a norm for his homies and his friends to be like when did you lose your virginity and, and you know, the guys would be like, oh, you ain't never been with an older chick before when you were young? They thought it was normal, but it wasn't. It wasn't normal for an eight-year-old to be messing around with a 16-, 15-, 19-year-old. It wasn't the norm. But at that age, it became so normalized for men that it, they didn't know. And I feel like for men, they they deal with a whole lot more emotions because they have to have, like, this tough exterior. They can't They can't talk about certain things, and then you have this whole idea of uh, uh, people who have like homophobia and people have these issues and have these problems and they don't want to talk about it happening or them being abused by men you have all these layers of like you know toxic masculinity that just throws those guys off to the point where they have to find other ways to basically deal with the, the, the emotions that they're suppressing and it might turn into drug abuse it might turn into other things it can turn into them becoming perpetrators like R. Kelly and that's why I call this like the R. Kellys of the world, because there are other R. Kellys, there are other R. Harvey Weinsteins, and there are other, you know, Bill Cosby's in this world. They might not have all the fame and fortune, but they're out there. And those are the ones we really need to worry about. The ones that aren't celebrities and get blasted. It's the ones that, you know, come to your family dinner every holiday and y'all just sit around acting like this this dude ain't touch on your little girl or your little boy. I'm just saying. That's what's happening at the family table. That elephant in the room. Don't go over a freaky uncle, how uncle down the street is, don't go, we're not going, we, he can't be around the kids. Why, why is uncle not in, in jail? Why ain't he in prison? And how come those kids ain't getting no help? That's all I'm saying. I'm, I don't want to go on my rant again, but I'm just saying, this is what's happening. Okay, so <laughs> let's get back into some more stats. So perpetrators of child abuse, sexual abuse are often related to the victim. It says 93% are known to the victim, 93%. Only 7% are strangers. So this idea that it's like the guy in the corner hiding, that's a rare occurrence. But 93%, they know the person. 34% they're family members and 59 are acquaintances. So again, those are the neighbors. Those are like, you know, someone that you guys know, a family friend, you know, someone that has a connection to that family or that situation. Those acquaintances is 59% of those individuals that's doing this. And again, 7% stranger. So yes, it's most likely that person that you would never think that's doing this. This is normal. And again, to reiterate, it says out of the yearly 63,000 sexual abuse cases, cases substantiated or found strong evidence by CPS, the perpetrator was most often the parents. And then you have to think about that number because that number comes from like the amount of people who are reporting. CPS is normally called in when it's tied to like um, someone's parents. It's it's, it's like a, a family situation. So of course they might, they might get called if it's an acquaintance, but a lot of times CPS gets involved. It might be someone like in the family, in that household, but it says 80% of perpetrators were a parent. You have 80% of perpetrators who are parents themselves that are abusing other kids. That's wild y'all. They have kids and you would think like, oh man, you got a kid. You would never do that. But it's people who are parents that are doing it, doing it. And that's crazy. And it says 5% were other from siblings to parents. I was watching an episode of Me Yan all fix my life. And, you know, there was an episode where it was a brother, their brother. It was, I think it was three sisters and their brother sexually abused two of the sisters. And the mother didn't find out until the brother was in his deathbed. And then come to find out, you hear the mom was sexually abused. And then the brother that was doing the sexual abuse to his sisters was sexually abused as well. As well. So again, this vicious, vicious cycle is happening and no one is a, is addressing it, and that's how it spirals into victim after victim after victim. What would have happened if somebody would have taken care of Handel R. Kelly when he did this to Aaliyah? What would have happened? All these other girls and these women that are sitting on the screen crying, talking about how they just, basically just, how, how they were just used and abused, how they were immature and, and they lacked self-love to the point where they allowed this to happen. Like all that wouldn't have happened and then you have to, I'll go on that in the next one, but you have to like think about all the people who knew and supported and helped him. And this is happening again in our households. Our Kelly might have runners, he might have managers and all these people, but you have moms, you have uncles and aunts, you have grandparents that will protect, that will protect the perpetrator because they're a family member. You'll have mothers who will willingly be okay with their daughters being sexually abused by their boyfriend because they want to keep them around. Like it's real out there, y'all. Precious? Remember the movie "Precious if y'all haven't seen "Precious, watch Precious" because that's happening as we speak. You have men and women that are willing to allow their children to be sexually abused for drugs or for just to keep someone in the household to pay the bills. I'm just saying. Anyway, back to this information. I don't want to keep ranting. Out of the sexual abuse cases reported to CPS in 2013, 47 men and 5,000 women were alleged perpetrators. 5,000 women. And that's the other piece we have to talk about because women are doing it too. That's the reality of it. We don't hear about women. You know, people think like, oh, women can't do that. Yes, they can. Women can be perpetrators. And they are doing it to little kids as well. Like you might say, okay, well, it's hard to think about that if they're older but they're doing it to little boys and little girls, kids. And they're being exposed to SEX early. And then now they're exposed to it. their Their hormones and their body is gonna respond how it's responding. Now these children are trying to figure out what happened to them. And I think that has a lot to do with why they become perpetrators as well. It's because they're trying to figure out what happened to their bodies. They're craving, they're having these sexual crazy cravings now because they were expo- exposed to it too early, prematurely, and now they're trying to satisfy that craving and they're now hurting other children and they're repeating those cycles. It says an 88% of the sexual abuse claims that CPS substantiates or find supporting evidence of the perpetrator is male. So of course you hear that, you know, most likely it's going to be male. But again, I want to raise awareness to the, to the males that are being victims as well, because that's not talked about as much. And even though, you know, 9%, they said that in cases, 9% of the cases are female and 3% are unknown, like it's still happening. It's still happening regardless of where, you know, where we're at. So it's really, it's really important that we have these conversations and realize that again, although R. Kelly is the the focal point right now just like Bill Cosby was, just like Harvey Weinstein was. That stuff died down. No one was talking about it anymore, but it's happening in our homes. And people are asking crazy questions, like, or saying crazy things, like how the people look, oh, why would he do something with that ugly... Like, it's just like, come on, y'all. If I showed y'all a picture of me when I was younger, honey, <laughs> oh, gosh, you you would probably say the same thing about me, but why does my looks mean that I, I couldn't be abused. Like why is that a meme and you're screenshotting how someone looks and saying that oh well he ain't got no good taste like that's who he sexually abused like come on y'all we can do better than that. Come on. But anyway I digress. But there's some statistics I wanted to share um and again I want you to think about that. I want you when you see the number 11 when it's nine eleven, I mean, well, nine eleven is definitely um, that focus is completely different. But when you look at the number eleven, if it's eleven eleven, if it's ten eleven, five eleven, so a child out there, there's a claim that's being substantiated. There's evidence being shown out there, and then sixty three thousand children are being abused on a regular basis every fiscal year. Like that's crazy. Some type of evidence. And, and, and sexual abuse comes in different forms. It might not actually be touching, but they could be exposing themselves to the child. They could be showing them pornography. They could be having intercourse in front of them. Like sexual abuse comes in different forms, just like domestic violence comes in different forms. There are different types of abuse that happens. There are kids doing it to other kids. I'm going to drop a um on one of my next visual podcasts and... My next guest, Tanya Carter, talks about how a boy did that. He went in an, and inappropriately, inappropriately touched his daughter, her daughter, excuse me. And, I mean, you're talking about a young girl, a young adolescent that this is happening. So, it's real out there. And I need you guys just to open your eyes a little bit more. It, you might not understand why people wait. You might not understand why people... You know, don't say anything, but it's happening and there are victims all over the place, 63,000 cases and some people aren't talking. So it's probably a lot more than that. So to wrap this up, I wanted to just highlight some things that from watching, um, and again, it was just like the first couple episodes. Um, there's more in this series of Surviving R. Kelly that's going to come out, but you know, there's some things that stuck out to me within this, um, this series that, you know, it's just like, we got to do better. And one of the questions I saw was like the whole piece about consent and, you know, yes, they're of age, but it wasn't sexually assault because these young girls consented, but it's kind of like, I don't know. It's hard to explain, you know? And again, from watching it, if you hear from the psychologist and they explain like the psyche of it. You know, you have these girls who see the celebrity and they want to become famous. I mean, they even talked about, they were like, you know, they're drug dealers in the hood that, you know, hit on young girls. Like it's happening all over the place, but you have girls that don't have father figures. Um, You have boys that don't have like father figures or people to protect them. And they fall prey to certain people because they, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's hard to pinpoint. It's hard to say why it is, but it's like the whole psyche of it. You know, children are still developing. They're still maturing. They're still growing, and they fall victim to it. So even though you you hear my a lot, few of these girls pretty much like we're like, oh yeah, we went with him, and I thought he was going to help me get me famous, and I didn't want to say no because I didn't want him to like me. It was like yeah, you know. The thing is, like I really been pushing with young girls is like, we need to start pouring and making them focus more on the self love and realizing like. You don't have to sell your body. You don't have to like sell your soul. You don't have to do all these things just because someone offers you an opportunity. Yes, R. Kelly or whomever might dangle a promotion in your face. Like if you want to take it to the regular sense of the regular nine to five or the regular work world. If someone offers you a promotion, if they offer you fame, if they offer you entrance into a club, whatever it is that you really wanted, they offer it to you. You shouldn't be able to love yourself enough to believe and know that like, A, that is wrong, and they're taking advantage of you and then B, like you deserve better. And if someone's saying, I'm gonna help you, you know, become famous or I'm gonna help you with your music or I'm gonna help you with whatever, it should not mean that you have to give them your body in your return if you have to give something in return. And that's probably hard because I know for me, I love singing. I grew up a singer, I've tried out for so many different auditions. I've made it here, I've done this, I've been in music. and music was like my world, and there you know i have never had I've never had anyone approach me and said, "Okay, well, if you do this and that, I'll give you the world." but you know the music scene is is a bit crazy. I mean, you'll run into situations where people try you, but I've never had anybody major try me. And it's like when someone has a dream and they, they're in front of like this big name and that's the piece about that they're talking about is the position and the power. People can really, really use that as a way to like dangle, you know, fame in front of them. You hear about that from the Bill Cosby aspect. You hear about that from the Harvey Weinstein, how they talked about, you know, I'll ruin you if you don't do this or I can get you this part. And some women just went ahead and did it, but it doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it. so It's okay. So although it's consent, it's abuse of power. They should not be doing it. You should never, ever make someone do something and give up their body or whatever, just so you can offer them fame and fortune. So, you know, I know that was like a big thing, like, well, they consented. And yes, I mean, I remember when I was, um, like I was telling before in my other podcast, when I was an early teen, like I was young. And this is when the internet just popped off and AOL, we would get on the chat board and I would have older men message me. And there was a piece in LOL where you could just go on a chat board and people literally would just be talking. It's just a chat board of, and it'll say like ages, who knows, like 12 to 14, but then they could private message you. And I would get pop-ups from men. They'll be in their forties. And I was like a teenager talking about, Hey, you want to meet up? I'm, you know, one of the things that used to always say on the, on the chat is like age, sex, and location, or it might just be like age and sex. So you might put fifteen F fifteen female and you might put your state Maryland, Virginia or whatever, VA. And then all of a sudden you'll get a pop up. Hey, I'm forty five, male, and you're like, Whoa, why why are you hitting me up? And even like, you know, I was a tall I was a taller girl and there will be older boys trying to holler at me and I thought it was cute. And it's interesting that one of the topics that from the research I recently did, um, I did a poll and I, um, just for a research that I'm doing for my, my project for young girls, one of this poll was basically like getting gathering information from teenagers and parents to find out what topics are, are and are not being discussed. And one of the things that came up was, why do the senior boys want to talk to the freshmen? And even, you know, one of the girls I talked to talked about how her janitor will make inappropriate comments to all the girls, the teenagers in the school. And this is like an old man. So, you know, that was her question. Like, how come the older boys want to talk to the young girls like they're immature and the the young girls get so excited? And so one of the things I'm like telling the parents is like, you need to start having a conversation about the appropriate age because every state has a law about, you know, and it might vary about what's considered statutory rape. You don't want your son or your daughter to get caught up in something. So have those conversations because you hear the stories of, you know, a teacher messing around with a child. And a lot of times I I know I've heard a lot of stories that it was the female teacher that's messing with like a junior high school kid or even younger, and I was like, it was interesting that she she was just like, why is that? Why are the young? Why are the like? Why is a seventeen year old or a sixteen year old in, in um, a senior talking to like this thirteen year old? You know, and it's like the different mindset is different. A, a freshman in high school thinks a lot differently than when they're a senior. So I just try to explain it to her from the sense of, you know, from that aspect, and really urge parents to start having conversations about. What is the appropriate age? And start talking about it. You guys can talk about dating all day, but if your, if your young boy comes in and he's a freshman, he's like, hey, yo, I just met the senior, you might be like, oh, man, that's cool. But then on the flip side, if your little girl that's 12, 13, this freshman comes in and says, oh, I'm talking to the 17-year-old senior, you might have a problem with that. But it it should go both ways. So let's start having those conversations about what's the appropriate ages because, Young boys be hollering at young girls and vice versa. Older girls, hey, they, they'll try young boys, but boys will get like that dap and that, oh man, that's awesome that you did that. They'll get away with it because it's kind of like, okay, but it's not okay. So the other thing I noticed was, of course, everyone's talking about how everybody failed them. Like there were so many people that went along with it from the tour manager to the parents, to these runners, you know, there was a guy that they interviewed and said, oh, I saw this and I saw that. And at some point I was, when he talked about the story about seeing, he said he walked in and he saw like a naked girl standing there and R. Kelly was like filling on her, you know, on her, on her booty while he was making music and he was like, I knew she was really young and I was really bothered. And he went into another room and the lights were out and the girl was there in another room. The light was out and the girl was in there and he was like, what's going on? But then he later talks about how he sees it again. So it means that you saw this and you still continue to be in that in that environment. You didn't see anything. And there were like multiple people. And again, it might be because their conscience and now they're trying to speak out, but they were just as guilty. Even when they talked about Aaliyah, She was introduced by like her uncle and it's like people around like heard and knew what was going on and didn't say anything. And that's the hurtful part about it. And like I said, that's the reality of it. Because again, I've sat in a group. I went to a support group to kind of like cleanse and get the support and the counseling spiritually about my experience and to hear the horrors and the stories of how moms and were allowing this to happen. And how they covered for the person, and how they still see that uncle or that brother or that or that uh father at, at the family dinners, and they have to pretend like everything's okay. And how their parents call them dirty or their you know ha, ha, uh you know ask them why what well what did you do to deserve it? Like come on, like this is happening. So it's really it's it's just I won't even say, but it, it confirms how. There's silence that happened and there are, other, there are people who see this stuff going on and they, they, they don't say anything. And they looked at the art and the money and all the things that R. Kelly could bring over the lives of these girls. I mean, of these women that are grown women still sitting here crying like babies over what this man. And again, remember that information I gave you earlier about the mental health piece? Remember what I said. Four times more likely, victims are four times more likely to develop symptoms of drug abuse are four times more likely to experience PTSD as adults and three times more likely to experience major depressive episodes as adults. So that's why you can see adult women crying like babies. That's why you can see R. Kelly's brother crying when he talks about his uh, sexual abuse because it still hurts them. So all the people out there that are just sitting around like, oh, why did you, you know, what did you do to deserve it? Or why did you dress like this? Why this? Why that? Why are you just saying something now? Like, shame on you, period. Point blank. And all the flip side, the people that's out here lying and making it seem like stuff happened to them that they didn't, shame on you as well. Because there's real people out there that are really hurting over these things. So never ever use or weaponize topics like this just to get back on someone. Shame on you if you ever do that. And then finally, it's kind of like the part where there was a girl that talked about, you know, and it tied to the top part, like, what are you willing to do for your dreams? Like, what are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to sacrifice who you are and what you're doing just so you can get to a certain level in your career or whatever? You should never, ever do that. Work hard, do what's right, grind, and you will get to where you need to be. But don't ever sell your soul or never give up your body or whatever or allow abuse to happen to you just so you can have a warm bed to sleep in. Just so you can have, like, no, you will make it through, man. You're so much more powerful than you think. And we need to stop allowing and have that psyche that someone is going to be able to heal us or, or help us. Like, I've been there too. I'm speaking from somebody who's walked in the shoes and been been in an abusive relationship thinking like, I want to I, I keep this persona of marriage or I want to keep this boyfriend because I'm lonely and I don't have that self-love and I stay in there and I deal with the abuse and disrespect just because I don't love me. I am reborn in a new person and I'm so glad I am where I am today because I can only imagine how much pain and hurt I would have been in longer if I would have stayed in those situations. I have found me. I love me. I can create and be me, and I'm 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 happy about that. And I just have to believe in myself more than believe that another person is going to make me feel like I'm somebody or make me feel special. I want y'all to really take that in and let I really want y'all to breathe on that. Let that breathe and just ask yourself what am I willing to do for my dream? Are you going to do it on your terms or are you going to let someone else dictate that? And if they dictate that, what are you going to sacrifice? Is it going to be your dignity? Is it going to be your health? Is it going to be who you are? Are you going to sacrifice all that just, somebody, just so somebody can give you, give you this dream or say that they're going to give it to you, but ultimately they don't? Look at all these things these girls and these men sacrifice and look at the trail of destruction it's led. I'm just saying, really think on that, y'all. I'm going to thank you guys for listening again. Um, I will be dropping another visual. Um, if you go to YouTube and you just search for The Miss Isha, uh, please subscribe to my YouTube page, and that's um, The, T-H-E, M-S, M as in Mary, S and in Sam, two E's, S-H-A. Um, Subscribe to my YouTube page. I drop it there. Or you can follow on Facebook at We Speak, They Speak. Um, That's at We, W-E, Speak, S-P-E-A-K, They, T-H-E-Y, Speak, S-P-E-A-K. So at We Speak, They Speak. You can just search for that specifically in Facebook and you can watch it on there as well. Again, my services to young girls, my services to youth. Um, even though my focus on my target audience might be young girls, I think that, you know, as a community, we need to educate our young boys as well because if we heal them and we help them, that will also affect the relationships that, you know, women have with them and vice versa. We need to be able to help both sides because, you know, on a, on a, on a video that I, I'll be dropping on Sunday, you're going to see the different sides of the emotional health that boys see and girls see. And then this story is really interesting because you hear from young girls who talk about how, you know, one of them, she she loves 80s movies and she talks about how she saw how loving and how the boys like profess their love to these girls where they'll like stand outside with the boom box up. But now there's such a disconnect with social media and which is texting and she's like, I wish it was like that. But then on the flip side you hear a story from a young boy who talks about when his friend was crying and he didn't know what to do. And even when he he hugged his friend and they kind of pretty much he supported him, they told each other, like, we can't tell anyone because their vision of manhood is not is not showing emotion, it's being strong, it's not, it's not being emotional quote unquote emotional. So if we're teaching our boys not to be emotional, and our girls are saying we want more emotion and love, that is like that's a big gap there. So what can we do to show a balance in that? What can we do to work on that? And then start working on our, our kids' mental health. All these things might play into decreasing, decreasing that number of 63,000. And again, I can't think of what would have happened if somebody would have intervened when R. Kelly got sexually abused. Or if someone would have intervie- intervened when he, um, there was a teacher a teacher that said he was like overly sexualized as a kid and while, she, while he was in school he would make so many comments and say explicit things what if somebody intervened then? Because to me, if a child is, uh, is sleeping around and they're saying inappropriate things and they're not even in high school yet, or even, like, or even if they are, that's a red flag. It needs to be addressed. What would have happened if somebody would have intervened when he got married to Aaliyah? Or when they say that they walked in and they found him and her being intimate and having sex in the bed? What would have happened if somebody intervened then? What would it happen if somebody in, intervened story after story after story, and now this person has gotten to this age, and now it's caught up to them, but it's just the trail of destruction that's happened in between that is like, man, what if? So remember, every 11 minutes, CPS substantiates or finds evidence for a claim of child sexual abuse. And this number has gotten up to 63,000 children. What if? What if you say something? What if you do something? What if? It is that possibly that neighbor. It is possibly that person you see at church. It's possibly that person that you see at the grocery store. The person that is talented, gifted, handsome. The one that doesn't look like the weirdo. It's possibly them. It's possibly your father, your brothers, your mothers, your sisters, your uncles, your aunts. But what if? Just think about that what if.